Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Join me in being uncomfortable but believing that God's going to use that. You know, another word for uncomfortable is vulnerable. And do you know where power is exchanged? Through the points of vulnerability. And so, oh, man. Mm. Oh, he's good. But I've got another place where it gets exchanged is where it gets uncomfortable. Now, you guys remember, if you were here last week, what were we talking about? Healing. Healing, right? Healing. And and if I still had this up, you would see it. But do you guys remember, what were the consistent attributes we saw with healing and deliverance for Jesus? Immediate. Uh Uh-huh. Instant. With a word. With a touch. All. Every. Okay, so these are the attributes consistently we see with Jesus. Healing people or delivering people. Now I have a question. Now, what's wrong with that list? Well, it's Jesus. It can't be wrong. I know that. Okay, what's uncomfortable about that list? We don't... Mm, all right. <laughs> Jesus? Us. Let's talk about us. All right. Jesus, immediate. Us, not so much. Jesus, instant. Us, sometimes. Jesus with a word, us with a whole sermon. (laughs) Jesus with a touch, we're like giving a full massage. (laughs) Jesus, everybody and all, us, a few sometimes, right? Anybody see a problem? Some of us? Okay, this side does. How about y'all? Do you guys see a problem? Okay, this is, this is, I want you to know it's in the, when we recognize and do not glorify and do not deify the, the disconnect or ignore it, that's when God can show up and give us a different story. Anybody want a different, anybody prefer this to that? A few of us? 12? 14? All? All? All, right? No, but, but the problem is anybody here, you've dumbed your life in Christ down to the level of your experience because of disappointment? Okay, you can blink on this one. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Well, it must not be God's will to heal all the time because it doesn't happen. It must not be his will always to be instantaneous. He probably needs my sweat. Anybody had somebody sweat over you while praying for you? You know what I'm talking about? It's like a, a calisthenics. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, I've had some prayer where I was like, man, this is like, I don't know, this is like full body massage. Like, you know, they're like, you know, they're like working it. I was like, okay, stay with me. It's in that disconnect that God will show up. When we refuse to dumb things down to the level of our experience and we stay uncomfortable, when we mourn. Do you know what the word mourn means? It means something shouldn't happen and it did. And I'm not okay. To mourn, right? When somebody dies, we mourn. What? We mourn their passing. They shouldn't be dead, but they're here. Well, they should be here, but they're, 
This is the reality. The morning says it's not supposed to be this way. I'm going to stay uncomfortable. And he said, they will be comforted. So let me put it a different way. You know the way that disconnect shows up is in questions. Anybody have some questions from this list? Questions? What, what kind of questions do you have from that list about healing? Why not? Okay, what else? Why did it? Ooh, ooh, even better. Let's take it back. Why at all? What else? How long, long, oh Lord? I love David's my man. Come on. What else? Oh, why, why the different ways? Yeah, anybody notice that Jesus, I, I love, I love, Caleb was my man. When I asked what the method was, what did he say? Jesus. That's right. Jesus is like, this time let's try mud and spit. Anybody glad we don't have that ministry? I'm part of the mud and spit team. <laughs> There's like no line. I don't know. No waiting. Right? Right? Like, uh, yeah, or I mean, or uh, I, here's the one where I insult you to your face. Oh, woman, I don't give, you know, God's stuff to dogs. Who wants to go to the line where you get insulted to get breakthrough, right? Nobody's lining up. I don't understand, right? Jesus doesn't have a method, right? Okay, so why so many different ways? What else? Are there, are there different anointings? Like Todd White gets breakthrough, Heidi Baker gets breakthrough. So, so looking at the lives of other people and wondering how I get what they got, right? Or steal it from them anyway. Okay, okay, okay. So, so I would say again, why the differences, right? Okay, all right, all right. Are you mad for me? <laughs> oh, don't get real now. Uh, uh, how about it? Can I do this? What did I do wrong? Oh, oh my gosh, this is really getting real. <laughs> Whose fault is it? Any more for fun? Is it, is it my lack of faith? Oh, oh, my lack of faith. Oh, this is good. How much? How much? Yeah, yeah. How much do, how much do I have to put in? Come on. Say that again. Did they truly want to? Oh, uh, okay. Uh, uh, do I want want enough? Yeah, they still do that. Oh. N- now? Uh, I missed one. Faith does it. Oh, cost. Uh huh. Anything else? Do I have too much to spend on my life? Oh. <laughs> Come on. Oh, this is fun. All right, what, any more? Did I miss it? Did I miss, oh yeah, I missed my opportunity. Jesus went by and he, he'll be, I think he comes back around in about three years if you want to wait right here, right? Come on. All right, any more? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Ranking. Ranking? Yeah. This is about a class three. Yeah, okay. 
What else? Yo, wait, wait, wait. Okay, what else? Price, yep, price, come on. Oh, this is so much fun. Any more? Oh, yeah, no, I got all the answers. It's Jesus. Anyway, moving on. Okay, so what I want you to do is I want you to find your question. Because every one of us, at least one, maybe 17 of those, are the burning question. And by burning, I mean uncomfortable. It hurts. Now, some of us, we have tried, we have insulated ourselves so long from these questions. Anybody here, when you were growing up in church and you asked a question like this, you got in trouble? Nobody? Okay, maybe not directly in trouble, but you could tell you made adults uncomfortable. Yeah? Okay, I've got great news for you. Jesus is not bothered by questions. Can we say that for real? Jesus loves questions. Why? Because only people with questions get answers. People who got the answers, the Pharisees had all the answers, and Jesus was trying to constantly knock their lunch out of their hands. Like, hello! Get a question, will ya? Right? And so if I want you to grab onto that question, because we're going to do something today. We're going to look at how God, with skin on, Jesus deals with questions. Okay? Because I submit to you, we're told that Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. That's why we can hold to the standard of what he shows us as reality. But we can also watch is the way he talks with them is the way he's going to talk with us. Okay? All right. Everybody got your question? Do you need more time? Okay. Good. All right. So what I want you to do is we're going to look at a series of passages Depending on how fast we go through these, we'll go through eight or nine of them. Um, We're not going to do it verse by verse, don't worry. Um, It's going to be story time. We're going to look at eight or nine passages where Jesus is asked a question and how he engages it, okay? What I want us to do is be reporters. I want us to pay attention to what is going on and how he responds is different than we might expect, right? Because if I ask you a question, if I ask you a question, Masha, you're going to answer me, right, according to my question, right? Usually. You, 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 anybody here asked somebody a question? You might have asked me a question and the answer didn't line up with your question. So most of the time, if you're asking me, it's because I didn't understand your question. So please, if I've, you've asked me a question and I respond with something that's not the answer, or doesn't seem to address your question, just assume that I'm dumb and ask it again in a different way, okay? Just do me a favor with that. Don't, don't think that I'm smarter than you or anything else. I, it just means I didn't understand your question. But let's watch Jesus, shall we? So if you've got Bibles, always a good thing. I think you get extra points if you have Bibles in the afterlife. All right. Come on. All right, we're going to start out with one of my faves, the Good Samaritan. If you got it, Luke chapter 10. We're going to stay in Luke for a minute, and then we'll make our way to Matthew and then to John. All right, Luke chapter 10. There we go. All right, verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Now, I've got a question. What is this guy doing? 
He's testing Jesus. What do you think that means? Trying to trip him up? Doesn't really want to know? Another possibility also might be, which I hadn't thought of really till this moment, is he wanted to find out how good he was. Anybody done that with God? You're like, I'm not sure you're good. I want to know if you are this good. Like, how good are you? But anyway, we'll see. Let's take a look. So he goes, verse 25, and he said, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Okay, here's the question. Did anybody see a disconnect between the word do and inherit? Can you do anything to inherit? If you do, they put you in prison. (laughs) Okay, small joke. All right, moving on. He said, Jesus said, what is written in the law? How do you read it? Okay, so he has asked a question, and how did Jesus respond? With a question. With a question. Now, I have a question for you. When you're asking Jesus a question, do you want a question? Sometimes. You're, you're, you're more spiritual than me. I want answers. You know? Like, I want answers. I don't want... I, I mean, if you ask a question, you want an answer, right? How unnerving. What if most... Anybody here, you ask God a question, all you hear are, are, are crickets? Four of us? Pray for us, please. Pray for us, y'all, who don't. But what if the reason we don't hear God's response is because we're looking for an answer and he's bringing another question? Okay, just a thought. And the guy answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love the neighbor as yourself. By the way, this is like catechism. This is like push play. This is this was the answer any good Jew at that time would have given to him right? And Jesus goes, congratulations, you've answered correctly. Gold star, right? right? Jesus replied, do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, not look like an idiot for giving the Sunday school answer. And so he wants to look smart. And so he says, he says, but who is my neighbor? Ooh. And Jesus replies. So the first time he responds with a question, how does he reply now? With a parable or a story. That, let me just say, doesn't seem to line up. Once again, I would submit most of the time why when we're asking a question, we don't hear the answer is because we're looking in a very specific area. Do you think this guy came to Jesus looking for a story time? Let me tell you a lovely little story, right? And Jesus tells him a story. What's the story, right? He tells him a story. This story actually might have existed at this time because this, this, this thing where you have three different people responding to the situation in three different ways was very traditional, but it was to reveal who was truly holy. It was a way they used a teaching method. So Jesus tells this story, but at the end, who does he put as the neighbor to the person? Notice the neighbor to the person who is hurting. The guy's on a road. It's a bad neighborhood. And, and the funny thing is, the road to Jericho, if you got robbed, anybody here, you had a friend get robbed because they went to the wrong neighborhood? You blame them. I'm sorry. That's right? This is one of those. Like, it's on you, bro. But anyway, two holy guys walk by. Nobody helps him. Who helps him is the guy who is his enemy. Jesus goes, 
The guy is the, the neighbor, the one who is the neighbor to him, the one who is loving the Lord God with all his heart, soul, and mind. That guy is the enemy. Now, you and I are used to this story so much that if you have an RV, you might belong to Good Sam's Club. But let me say this. Jesus was attempting to do one thing, and what it was this. Break the guy's mind. In fact, last week when I got done with the message, I didn't end it the way I wanted to. I kind of ran it into a cliff because we ran out of time. And I was talking to the Lord, and the Lord was like, I love how you ended it. I was like, I don't. I don't. I didn't give anybody answers. He's like, I know. <laughs> you taught like I, I teach. You gave them questions. Because questions will make you go to he who is the answer. And so the thing is, is this, this scholar has all the answers. And Jesus is trying to give him a question. How, what would it look like if I was so full of love that no man is my enemy? No man is beneath me. No man, do, I can love vulnerably every single person, even if they spit in my face yesterday. He's trying to create a question for the guy. All right, let's look at another one. Martha, this is uh, uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 40, right? Just further on. And so Jesus comes to the house of Mary and Martha, and Martha is just so excited. She's putting on the shindig. It's amazing. She's got out the aspic and all the good stuff. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted and drowning in all the preparations that had to be made. And she came to Jesus and asked, right? She's asking a question. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to work by myself? Now I have a question. Is that a question? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Anybody ask Jesus these questions? And we actually, we actually believe we're asking a question, right? I'm sorry, we do. Why, God? Why? Why? We're not asking why. We're really saying, why are you so bad and mean and bad? Right? What is she saying? Why? 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 But look at Jesus. He still answers her. What if when we're asking bad questions, Jesus is still answering? But how does he answer? I would, he says, Martha, Martha. You could see her kind of going, oh, oh. Martha, Martha, Martha. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset. This is not about me, honey. This is about her. About many things. Notice, he redirects where the problem is. She says the problem's over there. He goes, hey, hey, let's talk about you. Nuh-uh. We are not talking about me right now. Right? Worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Or indeed, only one. You mean my aspic isn't needed? You mean my Waldorf salad isn't needed? How dare you? Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from. I would submit. Now, do you find that? Okay, if you're Mary, are you offended now? Martha, Martha sorry. Mary's doing great. Are you, are you offended? Wiggle a pinky. Okay, good. Okay. So, 
I, you know what? You know what the worst kind of offense is? It's the Pharisaic offense. I'm not offended. <laughs> you offended! But you, unless we are honest with our offense, we cannot allow God to get us over our offense. Just saying. Jesus took, she's looking at this situation. I'm the good one. I'm doing everything. Martha's shirking. And Jesus goes, oh, actually, you've got it exactly opposite. Mary's in the right place, and you're the one who's shirking the opportunity to be with me. That's offensive. So redirect with offense. Now, when you come to Jesus, are you looking for a redirect and some offense? What if why we're not hearing him is because he's going, you're looking in the wrong place. Let's go over here. No, no, we don't talk about this. Come over here, and now I'm going to offend you. <laughs> no, Jesus, I'm the one who's offended. How dare you? He, take, he meets her offense with offense. Moving on. Uh, let's go to the, oh, this sounds, doesn't that, I'll just say briefly, that sounds like the disciples. Remember when the disciples are drowning in the ship for legit, right? Mark, in Mark chapter four, they're drowning. And what do they say to Jesus? Don't you care? Okay, all right, can we be real? I think that's the most popular question given to Jesus in the world. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. From me. From me, yes. <laughs> Not from you, you guys are spiritual. But don't you care? But if we don't give ourselves the freedom to ask the question our heart is asking, what do we do? We shove it down. You know how depression is anger turned inward? What do you think a question of don't you care turned inward looks like? Hmm? Apathy. Apathy? You don't care, Lord. I don't matter. What Kristen led us in was so violent. Because we have, many of us have learned not to ask that question. How dare you ask God if he cares? What kind of sick person are you? Well, it's the cry of your heart. If you don't, if you don't bring it before the Lord in a vulnerable way, the automatic result is I don't matter and he doesn't care. We've got to be honest with our questions if we're going to get answers. But he might be answering in different way. How does he answer the disciples' questions? He First of all, he deals with their issue, and then he turns and he goes, what is wrong with you people? I didn't make this storm. How can you be? Jesus, he says, where's your faith? All right, now let's go on to the next one. Uh, Luke chapter 15. Now, this one, you don't see the question in Luke 15, um, but uh, I'll show you how I got there. Luke chapter 15, verse 1, starts out with, now the tax collector sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Does that sound like a question? No. It's an accusation. But some of our questions are accusations too. So we look over in, in uh, we actually look over in uh, um, Mark 2, and we actually quoted this last week, and, the, and the, they were at uh, Matthew's house with all the prostitutes and sinners, and, G and they go, why does your master sit and eat with sinners? Do you guys remember? And what was Jesus' answer? I, it's not the healthy you need a doctor. I came for the sick. So in other words, those who have a problem. But so in this passage, he answers that question with three stories about lost, right? 
lost coin, a lost sheep, and a lost son. And for the, the Pharisees, their whole thing was, we've never been lost. We're the good people. Right? So why are you worrying with that trash? Right? That's the question. And what Jesus says over and over again is, these people have incredible value in my sight. And so what he does is, again, he redirects and then he offends. Every part, like the, the story of the prodigal son. You guys, who here, when you heard the story of the prodigal son, you guys remember the story? There's two sons. One is a good boy, never does anything wrong. And one boy goes, gives his father the middle finger of fellowship, takes all of his stuff and leaves, blows it all. So which one is the good son? The one who stayed. Which one should the father be happy with? The one who stayed. But that one comes to the end of itself, runs out of cash, doesn't want to be with the father, doesn't just wants to be able to have a square meal and a place to sleep. That's all he wants. And he comes back to the father with horrible motives. And what does the father do? Love you! Woohoo! Throw a party! Woohoo! What's lost is found. Have some more inheritance. Now, what does the son who is offended, the older brother, what does he do? He gets offended, right? And he actually asks the father a question. Do you guys remember the question? What did he ask? You've got to be kidding me. All this time, ah, you've never even given me a goat to have a party with my friends. Now, does that sound like a good question? <laughs> it's a good question. Legal, maybe not, but good. And what does the father do? The father answers him. What are you talking about? All I have is yours. He, the, the son just said, you don't give me anything. And the father just said, you actually already have everything. He's trying to break his brain because everything about how he's positioning his heart is off. See, you and I can't receive the Lord's understanding until we lay down our understanding. See, the Pharisees lived in a world where you earned your value, and Jesus was trying to show them a different world. All right, keep rolling. Rich young ruler, we talked about him, Luke 18. We talked about him. I love a bunch of these we've already visited. I just want to look at them a little differently. We're going to bring this all together at the end. Luke 18, verse 18. A certain young ruler asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? It's apparently a popular question, right? Why, why he said, what, why do you call me good? So Jesus, first off, asked a question, trying to get him to doubt his question. What if the first thing Jesus wants to do is break your question? (laughs) 
You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You won't murder. You shall not steal. You shall give no, no, don't give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. He said, all these I've kept since I was a boy. When Jesus heard this, he said, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor. You will have treasure in heaven. Could he do it? He wanted to break his dependence on his own ability. Anybody had this conversation with Jesus? Why is it not working? I've done everything I can. Okay. That's a good question. That's what this guy is asking. What if the answer is not, here's one more thing to do, but here's what you are fundamentally unable to do, and I want to show you how to live in me. We'll get to that. But I love it. Sometimes his answers to other people create more questions. Those who heard him, verse 26, said, then who can be saved if the rich aren't getting saved? <laughs> if the good boys aren't, and girls are not getting saved, then who gets saved? And what is Jesus' answer? What is impossible with man is possible with God. What if the whole reason he will, the way he will confront our problems is to reveal where we are living from ourselves rather than living from God? Still got your question? Hopefully you still got your question. Hold on to it. Using it later. All right. For arts and crafts. All right, let's move on. Parables, Matthew 13. We'll flip over to Matthew now. Matthew 13, Jesus is telling parables. And I, I can just see it. I can totally see it. Like people are getting healed left and right, right? But then there's the teaching time. And they're like, man, we just got to sit through this boring teaching time. I'm sorry. Read the parables as a person who's never read them before. They are so dry and boring and make no sense, Right? Like, can we be real? Like, like, oh man, this is the best preacher. He's my favorite preacher. All right, guys, there's a farmer. Yeah. And he sows seed. They usually do. <laughs> On different kinds of soil. That's what happens. And then I'm going to tell you what happens to that seed. And they're like, yeah, I'm a farmer. That's all the stuff I know. I did not come here for an, uh, an ag lesson. And Jesus is like, let he who has ears to hear. What? <laughs> what? I heard, did you hear what I heard? I heard what you, right? Like I, the disappointment had to be to 11. And so the disciples were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Peter, you know, Peter as his main PR guy is like, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> Woo, I mean, the, don't get me wrong. Those, those miracles knocking it out of the ballpark. Love it. We really got to shape together this teaching portion because people aren't getting it, okay? I don't, I mean, I know you're doing something deep that they just don't understand, but bring it down a little bit, right? <laughs> I love, I love, I always love how the, the disciples are worried about everybody else. They're like, and they go, they say this wonderful thing, verse 10. They go, <clears throat> the disciples came to say, why do you speak to the people in parables? Those poor people who don't understand. And he replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, not to them. It has? When? When did that happen? I totally missed it. Because, was that the seed? Because we don't have any. Am I supposed to be a farmer? I'm so confused right now, Jesus. 
But then Jesus turns around and tells them the secrets. He explains the parable. What if only those who ask questions get answers? Instead of trying to look like you have, if you have all the answers, but your answers are not bringing life, maybe you need a new question. A vulnerable question. And I love it. They're not really being vulnerable, right? They're, I'm just worried about the people. <laughs> and Jesus will work with even that. Like we think if I come with this perfect, holy question. No, Jesus is like, we'll work. As long as you're talking with me, we can do something here. But he answers them in a way they didn't expect. All right, moving on. I love this one. Matthew 18. Verse 1. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? What are they asking? I was here first. Wait, so, so Andrew's the first called, so maybe he's first? No, uh he didn't do good miracles. I didn't. They're all like, they're worse than a kindergarten lineup for lunch. Right? Right? They're all forces. They're like, who's, okay, Jesus, just fess up. Who, which one? Tell him it's me. Is that a good question? No, it's not a good question. It's a real question though, Right? Aren't we glad that Jesus will deal with us in our silliness? But he can't deal with us when we're faking that we're not in our silliness. Oh no, I would never be worried about what people think of me or my position. Really? 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 He can deal with us when we're being real. He answers real questions. And so he gives them their answer. They're like, and everybody's like, all the disciples are poised. What's the one thing I got to do to beat these guys out? I'm, I'm with it, Jesus. You tell me. And Jesus called the little child to them and placed a child among them. A child who is valueless. Even here he's nameless. Serving no purpose. And he said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. They want to be greatest in the kingdom of heaven. He's like, you can't even get in. They're like, What if he wants to 100% flip our priorities? What we think is valuable. All right, moving on. We're going to land this puppy. Last two, and I'm just going to tell them. Nicodemus, you guys remember Nicodemus? Nicodemus comes to Jesus and he's like, oh, we know you're a teacher. Notice, how does he say, we know you're a teacher? Because you do miracles. Notice he didn't say, because you teach. Because <laughs> we don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> we know you're a teacher. <laughs> but help a brother out. Right? Because a teacher in the kingdom is not somebody who gives you answers, but actually is someone who breaks your questions so you come to he who is the answer. Anyway. And so Jesus finally goes, oh, it's okay. No biggie. You just need to be born again. <laughs> and I love Nicodemus because Nicodemus is like, all right, I'll, I'll bite. So do I have to crawl into my mother's womb again? <laughs> 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 
that was smack. You got to understand that. That was smack. That was him saying, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. No, seriously, that is, that is, that's how you do smack. You're like, because he's not asking that. You understand what I'm saying? He's like, that is dumb. I did not come here for that. I wanted the secrets. Level one, yeah, level one. See, he's like, oh, it's okay. I just, just got to be born again. And Jesus, I love what Jesus goes. Are you serious? He's like, if I am telling you about natural things, and you don't understand, how can I tell you spiritual things? Because what's he after? The secrets, the tricks, all that. He's like, you can't, you will not trust me or ask me for understanding. You will not come vulnerably for this. Then how can I take you further? He wants to break down our walls. Because who, what did Nicodemus think he was? Pretty good, pretty smart, pretty intelligent, good teacher. And what did Jesus do? You pretty dumb. I did not come here in the middle of the night when nobody could see, so you could offend me. Break down my self-image. Last one, you guys remember the Samaritan woman. Jesus goes, they show up at the well, and Jesus is like, hey, woman, who you talking to? Give me a drink. A drink, I think it was in the vernacular. Give me a drink. She goes, she goes, who? You a Jew, you a man, you a rabbi, what in the world is going on here? And he goes, oh, woman, if you knew who was offering you, asking you for a drink, you'd ask me for a drink. Okay, tracking-ish. And out of you would flow rivers of living water, and you would never thirst again. (laughs) Have you been out in the sun too long? What? What? I like to call this left turn at Albuquerque. (laughs) You know, the funny thing is, I wonder how many times Jesus had left turn conversations. They didn't make it into the Bible because people didn't turn with him. Why did she turn with him? She had nothing to lose. That's why Jesus said it's hard for the rich to get in because they have stuff to lose. Nicodemus has stuff to lose. He didn't follow. Last two things I want to identify is there's two people he said they had good answers. And I'll just tell him you can look him up. Matthew 8, he talks to the centurion. Remember? Centurion, he's like, shall I come to your house? And the centurion says, "Uh uh-uh. I know you just got to say the word. And Jesus is like, oh my goodness, I haven't seen faith like this anywhere. Why? Because the man simply trusted him. He didn't put demands on him. He didn't put him in a box. He said, well, you do you. I just want you, what you bring. I, he, he, he let God, break. He, he broke down the box. And the other one was that when it was another one where the guy asked, What is the most important question, Mark 12? What's the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, well, what does it say? And and, uh, Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your soul and mind and and your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And I love the dude goes, whoa, you have answered well. 
who gives gold stars to Jesus? Right? You know, like, congratulations, you get it. No, no. What he was really going is, whoa. Because at that time, if you asked a question of rabbis, you ended up with uh, a, sermon. a sermon, like today. Um, you end up with a sermon. And Jesus goes, it's real simple. And the guy recognized, even though he didn't answer it the way he expected, he said, that is the right answer. And he said, because basically, loving God is way more important than all the rest of the law and sacrifices. And Jesus goes, you're not far from the kingdom, my man. You're not far. Why? Because he let Jesus break his boxes. All right. So you got your question. I want you to bring it up in front of you. And one of the hard things about those questions is a lot of times we don't even ask them anymore because we're so used to them not getting answered, right? Can we be real? But do you know if my daughter asks me a question that she's asked a 30, 100, 300 times, but she's actually asking it vulnerably, I will stop and we'll have a conversation. Why? Because I'm, I'm a good father? I'm a medium father. But you have a good father. So I want you to close your eyes. I want you to take that question and I want you to say in your heart, Father, I repent for the limitations that I have put on you with my question. And Father, I lay down my right for you to answer the question the way I want. I lay down my accusation against you in this question. I lay down my demands to have a Google level answer to my question. I lay down all my demands of what that question might look like and I choose to have a conversation with you, to go on a journey with you, to let you tell me a story, to let you break my mind, to let you restore my sense of the degree to which you care, the degree to which you love me. I put off the demands of what that answer looks like and I will ask a question and I will grab on to the answer. I want you right now just to ask the question of him in your mind. Say, Papa, I ask you this question. What do you say? And I just want you to grab on to what he begins to speak to you. Even if it doesn't make sense. Even if it's something Jesus would have said. Grab on to it. And I encourage you, go on a journey with him. Maybe this isn't a safe place to do it. Do it at home. Go on a journey with him because what he's after is that heart connection. What he's after, he wants to speak into your biggest pain. He wants to speak into the biggest question you have. He wants to, to draw you to himself. That's why he died. And this question has become a wall, has become a barrier that he wants to break down that dividing wall that you might know his love. If we could have the worship team come up. So much of our lives, we do our best to avoid discomfort. What I would really encourage you, at least for the next song, <laughs> stay uncomfortable. Stay in that rough, difficult spot with that question saying, God, I don't understand I'm not going to determine what the answers have to look like, but I'm not okay with it being a block between you and me. I want to know you. I want to know you in this place of my pain and my question. I want to know you and find you to be good. In your beautiful name.
For more information, go to AriseLife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.